All right, welcome everybody to the latest edition of our Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you to everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. Uh, obviously, we'd firstly like to thank our sponsors in Monster Energy, Fox Racing, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki, KTM UK and Even Strokes for all their support as without them, there would none of this would be possible. So we'll get cracking into this episode. And uh, this one, we've got special guest Aaron Tanti of the CDR Yamaha Monster Energy team in Australia. Obviously, an extremely good rider, established rider, current Oz Pro MX1 champion. Um, obviously, did World Supercross, has some AMA experience. So welcome, mate, and thanks for taking the time. How's things? Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Things are good. Um, yeah, it's uh, two days after the weekend, so yeah, still high on the win. Yeah, mate. Let's uh, get straight into it. How 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 was it? How how did you find the day? It was obviously uh, upwards around forty degrees and sweltering conditions around a, a track you obviously know quite well. And um, you handled it really well, mate. Obviously, all that all that training you've done in preseason uh, with the boys up there is. Uh, Sort of had you in a good position. I was speaking to Bailey Malkowitz recently, and he's saying you and um, the likes of Crawford have a really good setup up there. So you managed it really well, mate, and you carried on your momentum from last year. So how was the day from your perspective? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I was always super excited to go back to Appen. It's probably the uh, you would say the closest race to what my where I grew up um, was. I grew up like forty minutes away from there, so. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't my home home track, uh, but you know I spent a little bit of time out there, especially on the practice track. Once I moved into the mall riding full time, so yeah, enjoyed being out there, getting the family and friends uh, uh, all amongst it, and um, just a good atmosphere. It's a good venue, so yeah, look forward to if they do go there again. But um, yeah, like you said, the conditions were quite brutal. Uh, we. I think we reached about 40 degrees uh, probably when our first race was going out because we don't start our first race till about after one o'clock. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, they did the best they could and they put a lot of water into the track and it was obviously very, very muddy at the start of the day and felt sorry for them guys in the early practices. Their bikes <laughs> were pretty bad. Um, but yeah, I guess they, you know, did the best they could to, the weather conditions and it yeah it definitely made a gnarly track uh for the racing and you had to be pretty precise and patient to sort of go a little bit faster yeah it looked it looked, it looked pretty brutal mate and obviously you have it's, the class is extremely stacked this year it's probably one of the sort of the most the most heavy hitters it's been for many years obviously i've spoken to the guys guys like beaton and webster and and regan and, and bailey yesterday and the the class is just ridiculous this year. Obviously, Ferris gave you a pretty good good run, and uh, you know, you know, obviously yourself, Clout, Beaton, you got Metcalf still, Gibbs, you know, Waters, Webster. Like there, there's just so many good guys. So ha- would have been pretty happy to get the win against um those that in that stacked class to kick off your year, especially after the round one, the, the tragedy, what happened there to cut it short. So yeah, you, you'd obviously be happy with that performance, mate, and they're kicking off with a win. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely pretty happy with it. Uh, like you said, we're coming into this year, you know, with a pretty stacked class. There's a few guys coming back from overseas, a few guys back from injuries, um, and whatnot. And it's kind of filled up the class where, obviously, there's like like them guys that were injured last year. They missed half the series and whatnot. So it was good, 
it was good for me. Um, there was people that really didn't pick me as the winner. So, cause all these other guys were coming back and which is totally fine. I understand. And uh, yeah, it was good to show them that it just wasn't a one-off thing last year and keep it going. Yeah, did you did you personally um, handle the conditions well yourself? Did you feel good physically, and did you obviously you had a fairly important the recovery afterwards? But during the day, you felt well because obviously you, you're extremely fit, and the training's obviously you know making sure you hold your own. So you're happy with all that, and you didn't struggle too bad. Yeah, honestly, I I felt really good all all day. Um, you know, we set up for the conditions. Uh, obviously, makes it a lot easier having the the big semi there with the aircon and stuff going on the inside. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with all my trainers and stuff back home, we pre-planned this. We look at the weather leading into each event and, yeah, we saw it was hot. So we packed all the necessary things like, the, you know, the cooling suits and the ice baths and all that sort of stuff. And, yeah, kind of you kind of feel sucky sometimes. I was sort of stuck in the truck most of the day just trying to keep my temperature down. Um, so I didn't get really get to see the fans all that much and they were out there in the heat, but it was sort of something necessary to do uh, to f- perform at the best and recover um, as much as I did. But, I, yeah, I, I was honestly, I was super stoked um, with how I felt throughout the day, even after the last motos. Like, I, I felt really good. Um, yeah, didn't really feel like I needed to pass out or anything like that and my hydration and everything was just on point and I just yeah massive thanks to the team and my trainer back home for that because definitely makes my life easier when I'm out there feeling good yeah it's certainly a testament to the work you've done because like obviously you're doing all that um, staying cool and following the procedures to to make sure you're in you know the lead shape but there's still nowhere to hide when you're out in the track for that amount of time. Yeah. Either is there, how, how did you find that little break in the second motor? Obviously they split that. Did, did that, um, were you okay with that or would you rather just done the full thing? Oh, uh, look, you know, a full thing would have probably been easier. <laughs> um, but honestly, like I, I worked extra hard in the first motor and I think I said to me, it felt hotter in the first motor. Um, so the second stuff, I guess, I don't know, made it a little bit easier on myself because I just led that first back-to-back from pretty much, you know, the second lap. Um, and, you know, I got to ride my own race and sort of just had clear air. So it was kind of like I come in and I wasn't I wasn't that hot and flustered or anything like that because I hadn't been battling or getting roosted. And, you know, I just got in there and the team was good. They had all their ice bags and stuff and was sat in the shade. So it wasn't... It wasn't too bad for me. I actually didn't didn't mind it. I was definitely way hotter after the thirty minute moto finished at the yeah. early in the day. Um, but yeah, it definitely is tough. I would have rather that moto just continue on. And it was like what an extra ten minutes to do off that first one because I think we ended up doing like sixteen minutes or something. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it just to me it, we it would have been easier to keep going. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Uh... Sounds sounds like I think a few blokes were mentioning that too, and obviously just to just to sort of shift it back to last year, mate. Obviously, probably like you were saying uh, on the weekend, not many people probably had you winning the Pro MX uh, MX One title last year. And how was the year for you, mate? Did you did you sort of feel like you had not too much pressure and you were a bit of an underdog, or obviously you've proven yourself previously as a as a brilliant rider, but obviously there's so many guns in that class and. So just sort of talk us through the year and how it sort of developed for you and 
how you did you sort of just get that extra confidence as the weeks as the races cracked on and did you find it tough to sort of carry that momentum and focus obviously in Australia there's so much um so many weeks and you know gap between each round it's it probably is a bit hard on you guys to keep the momentum going so how was last year that title winning year all, all things considered yeah like like you said I was um I was a really big underdog last year I signed um with CDR, pretty much essentially you would say the second rider uh, as Luke was the current champion going into last year. And, you know, there was only, I've only done two 450 nationals the year prior due to an injury. So um, I was quite a rookie still last year. And yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a fast learning curve for me. You know, we went out and got my first podium at round one, which made things a lot better than, you know, Luke got injured at round two and, yeah, CDR sort of left me as the only rider for the rest of the year, so I really had to step up to the plate. Um, but, yeah, with the the team there, they're obviously really great and they give you everything you need to to perform. And, you know, there's, there's obviously the pressure there and I just, I guess I perform well with that little bit of pressure. Um, I know some people kind of crack under that stuff, but I sort of rose and... Yeah, didn't really step a foot wrong. Like, I think if you go back and have a look, I, you know, my worst race was probably the last race of the mm. year. I really didn't have to do much all other than that. It was top threes and top fives and a few wins and just consistent. Yeah, it's obviously like you, you're probably not going to win every round. Um, you know, dudes are good at certain tracks and certain surfaces and certain conditions. And yeah, you're just that consistency sort of sort of how made made sure you got the job done in the end mate and, and obviously a lot of the guys the, the big uh contenders crashed out and you you kept it straight mate so yeah congratulations on that one it must have been a sort of a, a huge satisfaction and you must have been very proud of that achievement when when you finally uh, had it confirmed yeah yeah it was uh <laughs> yeah it's definitely a big achievement of mine like got a bit of a weird career i you know i didn't have many wins as such on the 250 or even a championship like that or you know any of them sort of things and then I sort of come into the 450 class and yeah just sort of my first full season win a championship so <laughs> um and almost like backing that up and almost winning the supercross championship yeah. as well like an unfortunate that's the only yeah. I stepped wrong throughout the year was just that one race I kind of knocked myself so um yeah it's pretty crazy but it's uh it's it's definitely an awesome feeling and it's cool to kind of build build up the way that I did and go through my career like I come up through you know going to work and getting a trade and then you know busting my ass riding for not much money <laughs> yeah uh, and yeah finally finally making it and uh yeah getting a championship out of it too it's really cool yeah, it's massive respect, mate. It's certainly um all those hard yards certainly paid off for you then. And it sort of just take us back to those early days, mate, when you were doing a trade and whatnot. And how many times were you able to ride a week? And you sort of what were the resources you were sort of working with compared to now? It must have been pretty, pretty major contrast, eh? Yeah, honestly, like I I did have a pretty good boss that um <laughs> was he was sort of into motorbike. So, but you know, I was I was an apprenticeship back then. You know, apprentices were getting paid ten dollars an hour yeah. as a first, so uh, three hundred and fifty bucks a week. So, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, coming up 
through I was pretty limited while I was doing my apprenticeship to how much I could ride I was pretty much only weekends maybe one day I might do a half day on like a Tuesday or something and yeah it wasn't until I actually turned tradie that I went cool I'm going part-time and I was working three days a week and riding the other two so uh during the week and then obviously on the weekend um which obviously helped me take it up a little bit of a level to then get get a ride the following year, which is when I finally sort of progressed and got my first win. So it sort of worked out that, you know, I showed the more time I could put in, the better I could go. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, obviously, all that discipline and, and sacrifice to sort of achieve your goal, mate, and to finally be here and be a professional. And then obviously you, you did really well at the World Supercross and the Australian Supercross too. So um, do, do you sort of look back at do you sort of reflect take a few moments sort of every day or every now and then and just think just like it's a pretty impressive achievement against those odds against you with a lot of you know people when they're you know 16 to 18 having factory rides and got those massive advantages over you and you've, you've done it the hard way it's pretty amazing yeah definitely um yeah i definitely take a back, uh, look back and you know that's going to come more and more as i progress because obviously i'm pretty fresh off the championship last year now and but yeah, definitely look back. I've had some, you know, good experiences. And last year was one of the best, like racing the World Supercross, like you said, as well. I was up against some weapon dudes and I was yeah. doing it doing it hard. I was riding a 250 when I had to ride a 450 in Oz Supercross. Mm. So um, and you know, I was beating some of them guys that are running, you know, top AMA guys now. So it was yeah, it was definitely a cool experience that I'll look back on and, you know, look forward to doing again as well if, you know, the opportunity's there. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Your team, obviously, CDR is is one of those teams like your Reeves teams who who has the resources and and the sort of the power to, to let you guys do these other commitments and um like World Supercross and, you know, your Reeves, uh, it's a team with Webster and Beaton. They, they mentioned that they might you know, obviously be heading to some MXGP and AMA rounds where possible for motocross. So, as World Supercross, I know nothing's been confirmed, but do you obviously would like to do that? And you had the stint in AMA uh, in the past. Would you like to go back there, obviously, as well? Because it's sort of just show what you can do now. You're in a, in a fully or sort of great setup and at the peak of your powers, really. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, I'm 100% keen to do the World Supercross. I had an awesome time last year and I think it was really cool. And that's what it's about, you know, traveling to different countries and, you know, racing in front of different fans, it's uh, it's really cool and it's one of the things that a lot of, you know, professional athletes dream to do. So I'm definitely in 100% wanting to do that. So I'm hoping that opportunity comes off. And, yeah, as for the AMA, I'd love to get over there and give it another crack, you know, with a few of them Supercross rounds and, um, yeah, see how we go. Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. Um, obviously, you've got the skills to, to do whatever you want and just – just to focus on World Supercross again, um, obviously for someone like you that's done it the hard way, it must you must see it as massive positive because it it's more money, more riders, more more guys staying in the sport, more jobs. So you must be pretty um pretty pleased that that's come along and it looks like it's here to stay. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you said, it's um you know it's a, it's it's pretty tight out there in the you know there's only so many top rides in Australia. There's only so many top rides in the AMA and. Um, just to give another, you know, opportunity to riders to go compete in a world sort of event that goes across, 
you know, different countries. It's not just in, you know, Supercross in America. It's uh, across Europe and stuff because they obviously don't have many Supercrosses because they're pretty motocross focused. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy that they're doing that and I was super pumped to be involved in the first year and, you know, looking forward to hopefully being involved in the years to come as well. Yeah, and just uh, obviously when you went to America uh, a couple of years ago now, did, did you um, sort of what were the key takeaways from that experience? Was it the professionalism, the level, the tracks, the competitors or just everything? Did you, did you what was the main thing you took away? Yeah, honestly, it was uh, the experience for me. Uh, we got hooked up pretty good. Um, you know, we got the train on the Yamaha uh, test track. So we got the train alongside, not at the same time on track but like we we're there while the star guys and at the time the um monster energy uh 450 team as well uh which i think was like Barsha and stuff at that year and yeah it was it was really cool to uh experience that because we were there pretty much every day that was our track to train on as like myself and jay wilson were there at the time um and yeah it's gone just getting to go into A1 and sit on the start line for the opening ceremonies for the first time is that's something special. And I'll never forget that. That one sort of sent goosebumps down me when I was, when I was there, that's, that's a really cool experience. And um, yeah, just, I took a lot from that trip and I also learned a lot, uh, you know, that sort of helped me massively with my supercross career. I would say um, I learned a lot how them guys go so yeah. much faster <laughs> yeah um, do you prefer supercross or motocross if you had to pick one which one do you see yourself as maybe better at or you prefer yeah look i prefer supercross yeah. uh, i'm not gonna lie it's uh it's still crazy to me I, I, that you know i know that i'm a good rider but um to, for me to win a motocross title i just never never really thought that you know i might have got there before i won supercross or something um so but um obviously i've progressed just as good in both uh but yeah i definitely see myself as a super more as a supercross rider I, it kind of separates a lot more people um and you kind of yeah it's it's just to me it's a bit more of a, of a, of a vibe in the stadium with the crowds and um yeah it's really cool yeah, it's obviously. Do you do you find you're pretty well uh, fine getting tracks? Obviously, in Australia, it's not not it's the, not the you know motocross is probably a little bit more popular, especially for kids growing up, and they might not have the chance to do a lot of supercross training like they do in other places like America. You are you pretty good for resources, super tra supercross tracks wise. Got plenty of areas to train on, or do you struggle a bit? Yeah, um, no, we we were pretty good last year. We have like a you know a pretty solid crew we train with and. Um, I think we had three tracks set up last year and, you know, there were three different kind of tracks. We have the really large track that's like a minute long and uh, have a quite a short track, which is about 30 seconds. And then the in-betweener, which we'd probably more see in Australia. Uh, so we actually had a really good setup last year and I think it showed, you know, having the multiple tracks because like you said, it's pretty limited here in Australia. And if you do what a lot of people struggle with is, especially up and coming juniors and stuff. So yeah, they might get a supercross track built at their house, but that's the only supercross track they're riding. And then they go to a, the race and they're like, they don't know how to, you know, jump new rhythm sections fast because we only really got 
what 10 minutes in practice and some qualifying so yeah uh, that's one of my main things i learned growing up in supercross is trying to get to them new tracks and trying to dial them in as fast as possible yeah it sounds like you definitely made massive strides on that program you're on now um do you want to just sort of tell the listeners and a bit about it and um the professionalism and the, the work you guys put in and you know what what sort of framework you're working within yeah so um I moved up to Queensland in 2019 when I first signed with Circa Yamaha, but I didn't really start on any program sort of until 2021. I broke my skateboard at, uh, you know, four weeks out of round one and, you know, I kind of linked in then and that's when I got together with my current trainer, which is a fighting fit physio because they did, you know, all my rehab and, you know, we sort of built from there and that's where I've got in with my motorbike trainer which is uh his name's nathan crawford not the racer one it's a different one um zero zero elite rider training and yeah we sort of just work together and i've got fighting fit doing all my off bike training all my programming with my hydration and all that sort of stuff and then yeah a few times a week uh you know zero zero elite rider training is at the track with us pushing us and we have a you know a small crew of some professional races that and we all push each other and it's worked really well for me uh you know trying to improve my technique and stuff like that because i've kind of had the raw speed i've just had to work on other things to be more efficient and you know just so i can push that a little bit harder yeah so it's obviously it's a very sort of professional sort of all-round approach on and off the bike and it's um you're reaping the rewards mate obviously is that is that obviously from going back to where you were it must be a uh, huge difference and it's it certainly to be able to dedicate that much time on everything must be a joy yeah it's really cool like it you know some people you you don't really start to notice how much all these little one percenters and you know programming sort of helps like within your body from you know not getting injured when you crash and stuff like that because you're doing the right training you're strong and um and then yeah just being like for me last year was being consistent and that probably come a lot from you know doing my bike skills and all that little thing as i wasn't just going to the track and going oh i've got to do motos 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. it would be pretty uh even though you know you you love to be in that position it's still it's a lot of hard work that you guys do and it's it's, it's not easy by any means like i, I could imagine mate so i was gonna quickly I, couple with all that training with the awesome team you have um now and obviously they have they do everything in their power to help you and how do you find the dynamic with um cloud as well obviously you guys are probably both gunning for the title is is that a difficult environment are you guys obviously professional enough to to handle it pretty well and get along yeah look we're professional enough to handle it and get along i grew up um we both grew up and our home club was the same club so um i never really raced luke growing up i was always a the younger age bracket um but i did do a lot of training with luke when i was in sydney when i was sort of starting out to my pro career um but yeah we sort of you know we keep it professional when we both know that we're title contenders so we just keep it at that and i think we are both going to be battling for wins this year yeah it's a good it's a good problem to have for the teammate to have two two really elite guys battling for the titles and um just sort of with the mentality of of motocross racing when you when you line up for the gate and 
do you are you obviously pretty good at blocking out all the outside noise any pressure weight of expectations you're obviously just once you're focused you focus any sort of routines you take to get yourself in the zone or you you're just ready to go you know you're you know you're on you're on yeah, look, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good when it comes down to that sort of stuff. Um, I think something that works for me is kind of just being able to sit in the truck by myself for a minute, um, rather than you know, hanging out and doing whatever, just to give myself some time to just go through the process. But um, yeah, I sort of, I'm pretty good at blocking out the noise. You know, I don't care who I'm lining up against. I'm just there to try and do the best I can, and you know, go for wins and as best as I can now. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of it's shown in the performances, that's for sure. You you sort of yeah, you you're on it pretty much all the time. So and obviously just going back to when you're a young bloke, do you do you sort of credit um, like your dad or do do you have any particular influences or professionals or or your your mates or whatever that sort of made you really want to become a professional and get into into really serious racing? Yeah, it's a it's hundred percent. It's a big effort from my dad. He uh you know, he was he was there for he put us on a bike when we were four years old and he pushed us and he traveled a lot. We we, you know, went um across the country racing Aussie titles and stuff pretty much my whole junior career. Uh, you know, with that and then even into my under nineteens until until I was about eighteen years old and obviously dad's got other kids, so <laughs> yeah. um sort of was left a little bit like I had to sort of find it on my own then but he was always there to support me that you know there was times where I came close and I was like you know do I just work full-time like is it is it worth it and dad's like no because you'll have the what-ifs when you get older so (laughs) I'm definitely glad he's he's definitely been there the whole time and as well as the rest of my family um they they've all sacrificed a lot um you know my brothers and everything as well did you growing up were you sort of uh like big fan of the Chad Reeds, Carmichael's, those kind of guys, Villapoto, Stewart's, were they were they something you were into too, or was it mainly just your dad and, and riding yourself? No, I was that was definitely um yeah, I definitely came through and got to watch them guys battle it out in the AMA. It was I definitely come through a good era. Um yeah, I was definitely a fan of them, definitely a James Stewart fan. I loved watching him and but yeah, I not, can't take anything away from the uh, Carmichael and Chad as well. And, and then I obviously got to watch Dungy and Villapoto come through as well. So um, yeah, I'm fans of all them guys. They're all bad dudes and legends of the sport. Yeah, obviously we focus a lot on MXGP on our site. Did you you watch that or used to watch it or a fan of it? or anything? Yeah, I definitely watch it. Um, I, I'm a big fan. Like I've... I've had the opportunity to go do a race over there, even though it was the worst mudder ever. But um <laughs> uh yeah, I'm I'm definitely a fan of them guys. Them guys are I love watching them because they just they legit go for it. <laughs> yeah. It's they um, they twisted and they have the world's largest crashes too because they're just pushing the limits. Um but it's it's definitely cool to see and the tr- like the tracks and stuff they race. I love watching that as well. Yeah, obviously you see that Jeremy Sewer crash in Argentina and yeah, yep. there's some pretty heavy ones and you wonder how they get away unscathed from from that kind of thing. And obviously it's pretty cool to see Mitch Evans doing doing with it, doing well over there, mate. Do you sort of have much to do with him? No, so he was he would have been two years younger than me, so I never really 
got to race him growing up as well as him being a Queenslander. So it was sort of, you know, out the thing. The, the only closest one I sort of had something to do with was I got the – I did the World Junior titles one year and I did it with Hunter Lawrence. So. <laughs> oh, cool. That was, did that you was, see it then? He, he was obviously on an 85 and I was on a 125. But, um, yeah, I've, uh, I've had a little bit to do with them and it's cool to see what they're doing. Could you could you definitely tell uh, that he was on the on the path to stardom back then, even as a young fella? Yeah, look, um, like like obviously I was from New South Wales, but I definitely always heard of mm. and he was a weapon around Coolum, and we did a few junior Aussies in Coolum in my junior career. I think I did three of them. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, always saw him, and then yeah, I think that year at the World Titles, he went second or first or something like that, and something new for Australia um so yeah I definitely knew he was up and coming but uh yeah I just didn't see that he took a really good path um you know his family dropped everything and they went to Europe and it's paid off for him so I'm you know super pumped to see them guys performing yeah it's looking pretty good it's like the future of the sport's really great in Australia as, as a general whole is obviously with the riders like the Lawrence boys and and Mitch over there and what what's happening here in Australia? So do you obviously with the Pro MX the, the TV package is great. The coverage is getting better all the time. Are you you pretty happy with how things are in Australia with with the with everything as a as a whole? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's pretty cool to think like uh, people actually do watch it. Like you know, you don't really think that guys from America or guys from Europe would be watching the Australian motocross, but. They actually do. I was, um, you know, after the Cardiff World Supercross, I it was having dinner with Kyle Chisholm and Tomac and Tomac's mechanic and stuff like that. So, um, and they said they watched one of the races last year and they saw me standing in it. I was like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but yeah, it, it's really cool to hear them things because they're obviously putting out a good TV package for uh, people across the world to watch it which is what the sports needs it brings more eyes on us and you know with the guys overseas like the Lawrence brothers and Mitch and you know even when Jed was over there doing well and stuff like that it brings more eyes on Australians because I think we do have some top riders here for how small our population is. Yeah it's very impressive um, what's what's going on and obviously in the UK you probably haven't heard yet but there was um a bit of an issue with the the TV broadcast over there, and you look at Australia; it's professional. It's on free to air and and on a pay TV service. So what they're doing is good, and it gets your guys' names out there, and it's accessible to obviously broaden your guys' horizons eventually. And when people come, when you're racing those kind of Chisholm's and Tomax, they they can they can access that and see what a what a gun rider what gun riders we have over here. So it can only benefit, mate. And um, do you do you enjoy all the media stuff and the TV time and or you sort of think it's a bit of a chore and it's something you got to do. It, it, it's probably a bit annoying on race day, I'd imagine, but I suppose you, it's something that obviously the fans want and they're the ones that, you know, often support a lot of the companies that sponsor you guys. So how do you find all the media stuff? No, like, uh, honestly, I'm 100% for it. I know what it does for the sport and, yeah, I love it. I enjoy it and I try and give them as much time to the day, you know, sometimes – Sometimes it's a little bit hard and I understand why sometimes people get frustrated like when the camera's in your face after back-to-backs and stuff like that. But, you you know, we're professionals and, you know, we're taught, you know, to do these things and we understand that the sport's nothing without the fans and 
sponsors and stuff like that. So I'm definitely all for it. I'll give my time and day to all the fans as much as I can as well. And, um, you know, the little up and coming riders, they got to, you know, look up to people and want to do this. So. Yeah, definitely an inspiration and a motivation to a lot of, a lot of blokes. You, you hear a lot of riders, um, just any sport in general, it can be a bit draining uh, dealing with all the fans because, you know, it is a lot of energy you guys have to go through. Do you, do you find you pretty quick to recalibrate your focus or do you have a quick sleep or just sort of just have a rest to sort of make sure you're tip top? Cause it's, it's probably not the easiest thing or the best preparation ideally, but it's something that you obviously take the time to and you, and it's important. Yeah, it's definitely like, it's definitely good when you're on a team that sort of set you, you know, times, um, you know, like half an hour of, um signings now and that just makes it a lot easier so you don't get dragged into just being out there you know for ages because when you're out there signing it's like you're not you know it's it's hard to drink water because you're just signing poster after poster after poster um yeah and stuff like that so it like you said it can be a little bit draining sometimes but um you know we like we we definitely like doing it and but yeah just doing it it helps a lot when you have a team that pulls you away and says all right it's time to you know, focus again, get ready, go in the truck, get your stuff together and chill out for a minute. So that definitely helps me a lot. Yeah, no worries. I'll give you a couple more, mate, and then I'll let, I'll let you get back to your day. But um, just so I haven't touched on it yet, but how are you finding the new Yamaha, uh, the new generation bike and all the reports? And I saw you did a little video saying that you're a big fan of it. So how is it after obviously racing it now and getting some more seat time? You're obviously loving it. Yeah, love it. Uh, the the new bike's awesome. It's obviously lighter, skinnier, has a different, you know, more flatter seat and stuff. I ran the high seat on last year's model to try and get that more flatter um, feel. So, you know, everything they sort of done to it is everything that it kind of was chasing. Uh, you know, the hardest thing, the engine's really good. It revs 500 more or something like that. So it has pretty good power and it's got smooth power. So we were actually chasing, I was actually trying to chase that a little bit more because I liked it. Um but yeah, the, the engine-wise and stuff, we just uh, had to spend some time and sort of do the suspension again because it kind of changed a lot of the, you know, the way that the bike sits and stuff changed. So the suspension wasn't able to be the same as last year. Even though we could run our same fork and shock, uh, we had to definitely change the settings a fair bit and you know we're still improving on that now so uh but yeah super happy with it after racing it obviously you can see there's a lot of the top like a lot of yeah. you see a lot of yamahas out on the field now yeah. so definitely they've definitely done a really good bike um you know if i was a privateer and i had to go buy a bike now would definitely be that bike they've they've definitely done built a good bike and it's showing in all the races across the world yeah a lot of blokes are some of them are sort of saying that it's it's like riding it's so comfortable and nimble and sort of it's just really smooth and it's like riding it's like a you just feel like you're a 250 with 450 power and it's pretty interesting to say you're chasing the power because a lot of blokes are, are, are sort of dialing 450s back so obviously you, you're feeling confident yeah look um you know i like to I don't really like to ride a 450 in second gear. So when I say I'm chasing the power, I'm sort of chasing that, you know, that bit of punch in that third mm. gear. So it doesn't, it just pulls in third gear. Third gear is a really strong gear on the 450s. And um, 
yeah, definitely when you're coming out of corners, I just want to be able to have the power there. So I'm not chasing more power, like horsepower up yeah. top and stuff. Yeah. You know, we're just in certain you know, sort of moments. Yeah. Yeah, just certain moments of the bike. And that's just finding the power that I like in the right the right spot. And you know, the team's awesome at that. They in during testing, they give you a lot of different packages. So um, yeah, I found something that I liked and yeah, bike goes good, it hooks up and it's definitely fast yeah awesome mate and um just sort of to finish up on just anyone you'd like to thank and just uh, go go through your, your aims for the rest of the the year mate uh 2023 or at least you know sort of the, the the near future yeah obviously massive shout out to my team the cdr yamaha monster energy team uh my mechanic alistair he's awesome being with him this is my second year with him now and he does absolutely everything in his power to make sure that bike is ready to go for me. And he's actually a really good rider as well. So it's awesome to have him to look over things. And even if I'm doing something skill-wise or, you know, taking a bad line, he has a pretty good idea, uh, which helps a lot. And, yeah, just a massive thanks to everyone that helps me back home. You know, zero zero elite rider training, fighting fit physio, you know, all my family, you know, my partner, my partner Jada, she puts up with a lot here at home. It's not easy to live with the athlete. We're traveling a lot and, you know, we're tired a lot too. So, <laughs> um, yeah, thanks to everyone that helps me out, of course. Yeah, no worries, mate. Well, we definitely like to thank you for your time. Um, really appreciate you coming on. And just before we let you go, we'll just give a quick um, readout for the sponsors again. As a, uh, yeah, amazing um, efforts so grateful for them helping us monster energy fox racing parts here at scott bell helmets cherbies as3 performance kawasaki ktm uk and even strokes that's been the um latest between the races podcast with um aaron tanty mate thanks again for your time and all the best for the the rest of the season yeah thanks for having me mate appreciate oh, it no worries we'll uh we'll catch up again soon no doubt yeah sounds good there mate